by this afternoon to see Clayton. Keep him in your prayers. Um, they're not completely sure what's wrong. Um, of course, they're sus- talking about pneumonia. But I think he was a little bit discouraged. I think he's so used to being on the move. It's probably hard on him. But just keep Clayton, of course, in your prayers. Yeah, he still had a little bit of a sense of humor. I walked in and his eyes were closed. And I looked over at him and he said, I'm sleeping. (laughs) That's Clayton. Uh, We're continuing on on Sunday nights. Talking about heroes. um, Not the kind that are on magazine covers or television shows or movies. But people who have a walk with God that's consistent. And in Hebrews chapter 11, Hall of Faith, we're actually going to look at uh, those who walk by faith who are not famous, popular, well-known, and praise God for that because most of us aren't. It's in Hebrews 11, verses 29 through 31. I want to ask when you stand that, find that if you'll stand in God's honor as I read aloud. <clears throat> By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven years. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And I just ask, God, that you might speak through your word, Lord, and we might be reminded, Father, of how we don't have to be well-known to be known well by you. And that's what makes the difference, Lord, as we live lives that reflect you. Father, that's what a hero really is. And I pray that you speak to us tonight as we strive, Lord, to walk close with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. There's an old story about a news reporter asking Walt Disney, what does it feel like to be famous? And he said... Well, it helps you get tickets to a football game, but it really doesn't help with impressing my wife or getting my daughter to obey me when I give her a command she doesn't like. And it doesn't help me make a polo shot. He said, and most of all, it doesn't keep fleas off of my dog. And... You know, I love just the genuineness of the answer because no matter what we face in life, how popular we may be in the limelight, there are still issues that every one of us face. And as far as a life of faith goes, it is not how well-known we are, but the fact that we are known well by our Heavenly Father that makes the difference. It was said of uh, Henry Ford uh, when he was most popular as an automaker that 
people came to him with all kinds of advice, news reporters asking him on um, stock prices and asking him on all kinds of advice, even advice on marriage, and to which he freely gave all kinds of advice, and then later it was discovered he had a mistress on the side. But the fact of the matter is, his popularity didn't make him a hero, a person of faith. Many of you may remember the story about Thomas Edison when he invented the first incandescent light bulb. It took hours, approximately 100 hours, to make that first light bulb. And he handed it to um, a, a young worker who, on the way up the stairs, dropped the light bulb. And so Edison, instead of scolding him, went right back to work. And then when the second one was completed, he handed that one to the young man, too, to show his trust in the young man and that he forgave him but the fact of the matter is i think it's pretty amazing that he handed it to him in the first place after a hundred hours of work and testing that he was willing to trust that young guy you know it's interesting as you look here through acts chapter 11 and you look at the different people that we have discussed these different heroes we've heard of them we've heard of abel We've heard of Enoch, we've heard of Noah, and of course Abraham and Sarah, and Isaac, and Jacob, Joseph, and Moses. But the ones we're going to look at tonight, what they're really best known for is their unfaithfulness. Although there was a change in their hearts that led to faithfulness. Let's go ahead and jump right into the text and look at these. Verse 29, it says, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. It's interesting here in this verse, one verse, they've squeezed 80 verses from the book of Exodus into this one verse to give us the Reader's Digest version. And as they began to march out, There were mountains on one side, there was a desert on another side, there was a massive sea in front of them, and then coming from behind was this Egyptian army pressing on to destroy them. Matter of fact, this is from Exodus 14, 11, and 12. And they said to Moses, Were there not enough graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. That doesn't sound like faith to me. It sounds like a faith crisis at that point with God's people as they headed out. Matter of fact, um, those Bible scholars who always want to downplay the Bible and critique the Bible, they say, well, you know, this word could literally be translated sea of reeds and that this was really a marsh. And it was not a great sea that they had to pass through. But, you know, I think it's maybe even a greater miracle that a whole Egyptian army could drown in just a few inches of water as God would be able to to move and, and to work. These people of fear were transformed into people of faith. Matter of fact, Exodus 14, 13, and 14, this command's given, Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. You will never see the Egyptians again forever. The Lord will fight for you. 
while you keep silent. Faith is willingness to obey God even when it seems hopeless. Matter of fact, as you read of those 80 verses, you guys remember the account. God brings in this east wind that divides the waters of the sea into two powerful walls. And then that same wind dries out the riverbed so that nearly three million Israelites would march forward into what looked like utter despair and God would make a way. And, you know, in our minds, you know, we picture Charlton Heston, you know, and he's given that command and, you know, they're going two or three at a time. Think about three million people. It was not some little gate that they came through. As a matter of fact, a lot of scholars believe that it was anywhere from 100 yards to a mile wide and that there were people and there were um, livestock and there were, uh, as passing through, there was this just huge exodus that transpired that, that took place and there were walls of water that that stood to great heights. And, and I thought it was interesting in a song that talks about this event in Exodus 15, verse 8, we're told that the sea, the deeps of the walls, were congealed. As, as they stood as walls of water, they, they were congealed. They were almost like a jail. And, and so if, if they hadn't been so scared, they could stop and just seen those fish almost frozen still. But they didn't take probably the opportunity to do that as they moved forward in faith. Because, man, you got an army coming from you and you're closed in on all sides. All you want to do is just keep going. Just keep looking straight ahead and marching ahead in faith. Arthur Pink in his commentary, commentary said there's three times of faith. He said there's the kind of faith that believes and receives. And that is critical, of course. Where God gives a gift and he says, hey, you have to receive this out of love for it to be yours. And then there's the kind of faith that reckons. Or it puts it into action and begins to trust that that faith can be counted upon. That promise is true. And then the third type of faith is a faith that risks. In other words, it's the kind of faith that starts walking in the dry seabed as it looks at the huge walls of water. That are before them. It's a kind of same kind of faith David has as that giant started coming toward him and he took that sling and was ready to throw those rocks at Goliath. Or Elijah as he looked at those eight hundred and fifty false prophets and he stood there as a representative of a prophet of the Lord. Or the apostles who said, We must obey God rather than men. And we're willing, in spite of the persecution, to believe and to follow. It wasn't enough just to believe the promise and to receive the promise. They had to walk out in risk to trust God. Isn't any wonder that the historian said it was over a generation before the Egyptians wanted to come anywhere near the Red Sea again. <laughs> as God would prove forth his Victory. Let's look at verse 30. Uh, this verse, there's a 40-year gap between verses 29 and verse 30. It says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell 
after the people had marched around them for seven days. You know, of course, as kids coming to Bible school, oh, remember that little song um, about those old walls that came a tumbling down um, as they would march around those walls and and remember exactly um, how this happened as they would march around the walls for six days and then on the seventh day they would march around those seven times and they would cry out and blow that trumpet and and that would be where God would work and that the walls would come down and and uh, there would be victory that would occur. Imagine though how difficult that would be if you were part of that force that was led by the priests and you're marching around the walls and uh, maybe a conversation like this could have broke out as guys on top of the wall, those guards on top of the wall, those sentries yelled down and said, what are you doing down there, you nut? You guys are crazy. We're conquering your city. Yeah, right. How's that? We're walking around your city once a day for six days. Oh, that's pretty scary. Oh, I'm terrified. Then what are you going to do? Then we're going to walk around it seven times on the seventh day. Oh, I'm so terrified. That just scares me to death. Then our head priests are going to play a long note on their trumpet and we're going to yell at your city at the top of our lungs. Stop, we can't take it. Or what are you going to do? And then the walls come crashing down. (laughs) Except one thing, they were given a command to be silent. They were given a command not to interact with any kind of ridicule, any kind of criticism that would come from the top of that wall. And it's probably a good thing because in the discouragement, somebody might have yelled, we should either be building ladders or tunnels, but not just walking around here and expect there to be victory because there would be bound to be one critic in the group. Hudson Taylor, the missionary that went to China, said there are three stages to God's will. Impossible, difficult, and done. And in this case, what appeared to be impossible and difficult Became finished and done through God. It was spoken of Adoniram Judson um, as he preached that there was a chief in Burma who gave his heart to Christ and was baptized. And at the moment he was baptized, people began to laugh and ridicule him and tell him that he was crazy. They didn't clap for him. They didn't support him. They just basically said, you look like a wet fool. But that was the beginning of a great work that God would do there through this man. Secondly, uh, faith shows a willingness to follow God, even when it does seem crazy and ridiculous. As they would follow this military plan and God would work and the trumpet would blow and the walls would come tumbling down, there was victory and they kept walking. And then there's one more. I want to look at here. Um, Pretty amazing. It says, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. 
this last hero, at least from what we typically think of as church heroes, is not too typical. She's got quite the embarrassing background. Trying to find fulfillment and love and make a living as a prostitute. She was famous, but for all the wrong reasons. She had connections, but all the wrong ones. <laughs> and yet God would work in response to even her checkered past. In Joshua 2.10, we heard about how the Lord dried up the Red Sea and did this great miracle and led the people through this place. But then he takes a life that was headed in a direction totally in opposition to God, and she was turned around in faith. Had more faith than an entire generation of Israelites who were afraid to walk into the promised land. And here was this lady who displayed faith. Listen, this is Joshua 2.11. This is what she spoke. She said, when I heard that, I knew the Lord had given you the land and that your God is the God of heaven and earth. In other words, she said, can I be the first convert? Can I be the first Gentile, not of your nation, to come into your nation, to be one of your people And the answer was yes, as God would do a miraculous work and take someone who others would miss and change her heart and show forth grace in her heart. Um, Matter of fact, faith is our willingness to forget the failure of our past and risk everything in our future in a trust with God. As we walk with him. And this is a lady that was able to experience that. Um, Just a couple of truths as we think about her. And as we think about these unknowns being heroes. First, your weakness doesn't hamper God's performance through your life. God is present and God is at work even in our obvious weakness. One commentator wrote this. He said, Like David of old, every believer has five small pebbles to use. They are. God is. God has. God does. God can. And God will. These little pebbles work really well in the hands of little, ordinary, common, run-of-the-mill people. And God can make the giants fall and the water part and the walls fall, and sinners turn in faith, God receives the credit from little people. There's a beautiful example of this in the missionary Hudson Taylor. At the end of ministry that many people were fascinated with as God used him, they came to give him credit. And Hudson Taylor, this is beautiful, I want you to hear his response. One reporter came to him and said, Aren't you amazed at how honored you are to see what the China Inland Mission has accomplished? And Hudson Taylor responded, I think God must have been looking for someone small enough for him to use so that all the glory might be his. And he found 
had a great thought. We worry about being big enough, and maybe God wants us to be small enough to reflect Him. But second, your past doesn't hinder God's plans for your future. Uh, you know, you look at Israel. What a past, what a future. You look at Rahab, and if you look just at her past, you say, how can she have a future? How can she, with her checkered past, ever turn around? How can she ever um, be anything that's going to impact people and lives in a positive way? Yeah, it's interesting as you look through the scriptures and you, you read about her family line, this godly guy, Salmon. Saw her, and evidently he was really impressed. He saw through just her past, and he saw an incredible woman, and he fell in love with her, and he loved being around her, and so he courted her, and and then she became his wife, and there was a beautiful relationship that transpired out of that, and they had this kid named Boaz, and Boaz ended up marrying another lady who was an outsider who came and she said, I want to leave my people and I want to be a part of your people and I'm going to leave my gods and I want to follow your God. And Boaz and Ruth came together in a beautiful relationship that um, gave praise to God. And then a couple of generations later, great-great-grandson would be born. King David, in that family line, a lady no one would see as a hero who would make an incredible impact because of the incredible grace of God. And the truth of the matter is, none of us are worthy. None of us are worthy to receive God's kindness and His grace. Maybe we don't have a past like Rahab. But we certainly don't have a past that is free of sin. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the faith that you provide by your Holy Spirit to each of us, Lord. Sometimes we think we have to be somebody in order to do something that matters. But it's never been about how well known we are. It's always been about how we are known well by Heavenly Father, who pursued us with the grace of God, who demonstrated that perfect love through Jesus and provided a way for us to be made right with a living God and to be heroes, not on the basis of how big we are, but realizing how small we are and that we have a God who has filled us with mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Father, as we prepare to stand and sing and and then leave this place, may we leave as a people who just catch sight again, Father, of what you have provided, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Grab the celebration hymnal. 589. Here I am, Lord. <laughs>